Chapter 20 of Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years 1807-8. to This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Mike Wong. Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years 1807-8, to by William Walker, Jr. Chapter 20. Davies Giddy Gilbert. Doctor of Civil Laws, President of the Royal Society. Born March 6, 1767. Died December 24, 1839. Davies Giddy Gilbert was born at Tredria in the parish of St. Earth in the west of Cornwall. His paternal name was Giddy, his father being the Reverend Edward Giddy of St. Earth. His mother, an heiress of very considerable property, was Catherine Davies, allied to the noble family of the Sandys and a descendant of William Noy, attorney-general in the reign of Charles I. Young Giddy, not being of very robust health, was reared with great care, and his education chiefly superintended by his father, who was an accomplished scholar, and a man of acknowledged ability and attainments. As Gilbert grew up, it was thought desirable to place him in the grammar school at Penzance, and for this purpose, his parents removed for about 18 months to that town. In 1782, they went to Bristol, where their son's studies were assisted for some time by Mr. Benjamin Dunn. In 1785, Gilbert matriculated at Oxford and became a gentleman commoner of Pembroke College. He was already master of a considerable amount of mathematical and physical knowledge, the greater portion of which he had acquired by almost unassisted application. While residing at the university, he associated with the senior members of his college, preferring their company to that of the students of his own age and considering the natural bent of his tastes, which led him to prefer the study of the severer sciences to the elegancies of classical literature, it is not surprising that such should be the case. Dr. Parr, writing at this time to the late master of Pembroke, speaks of Mr. Giddy, then twenty-three years old, as the Cornish philosopher, and adds that he deserved that name. During his residence at Oxford, Gilbert was a regular attendant at the lectures on anatomy and mineralogy delivered by Dr. Thompson at Christ Church. He also attended with assiduity the lectures on chemistry and botany of doctors Beddoes and Sibthorpe, with whom he contracted a friendship, which terminated only with their lives. To the former of these two gentlemen, Gilbert subsequently introduced his friend, Sir Humphrey Davy, at that time in comparatively humble life, but whose extraordinary combination of poetical and philosophical genius had attracted Gilbert's attention, and he thus had the merit and good fortune of contributing to rescue from obscurity one of the greatest discoverers in modern chemistry. Mr. Gilbert continued to reside principally at his college until the year 1793, when having previously taken the honorary degree of Master of Arts, he returned to Cornwall to serve as sheriff and to divide his time between the cultivation of science and literature and the duties of a magistrate in a populous and busy town. Previous to this, in the year 1791, he had been elected a Fellow of the Royal Society, the certificate describing him as being devoted to mathematical and philosophical pursuits. It was signed by Thomas Hornsby, civilian professor of astronomy, G. Shuckberg, and Maskelyne, George Staunton, and other fellows. In 1804, Mr. Gilbert became a member of Parliament for Hellstone, and at the general election in 1806 was chosen to represent Bodman, continuing to sit for that borough until December 1832. He was emphatically the representative of scientific interests in the House of Commons and was continually appointed to serve on committees of inquiry touching scientific and financial questions. 
He acted as chairman of the committee for rebuilding London Bridge, causing it to be widened ten feet more than originally proposed, and he greatly contributed by his exertions to carry many very important public projects, amongst which may be mentioned the breakwater at Plymouth and the Brill for the revision of weights and measures, of which he was appointed a commissioner. He was also a member of the Board of Longitude. On the 8th of April, 1808, he married Mary Ann Gilbert, only niece of Charles Gilbert of Eastbourne in Sussex, under whose will he came into possession of considerable estates in that county, and in compliance with its conjunctions, obtained permission to assume the name and arms of Gilbert. Mr. Gilbert contributed several important papers on mathematical subjects to the philosophical transactions. In July 1819, he succeeded Samuel Lyons in the office of treasurer to the Royal Society, which office he retained until elected president in 1828. He was also the author of numerous papers in the Quarterly Journal of Science and Arts, and presented the world with the fruits of his labors as an antiquary by publishing in 1838 the Parochial History of Cornwall in four volumes octavo, founded on the manuscript histories of Mr. Halls and Mr. Tonkin. Mr. Gilbert was a diligent collector of ancient traditions, legendary tales, songs, and carols, illustrating the manners of the Cornish peasants, and printed various ballads at his house at Eastbourne. He possessed great memory and powers of quotation and anecdote. This conversation has been described as being a continued stream of learning and philosophy, adapted with excellent taste to the capacity of his auditory, and enlivened with anecdotes to which the most listless could not but listen and learn. His manners, says Dr. Buckland, were most unaffected, childlike, gentle, and natural. As a friend, he was kind, considerate, forbearing, patient, and generous. And when the grave was closed over him, not one man, woman, or child who was honored with his acquaintance but felt that he had a friend less in the world. Mr. Gilbert retired from the chair of the Royal Society in 1830, and two years later from Parliament. He did not, however, resign himself to repose, but continued in many ways still to advocate the cause of science. In 1839, he became much weaker in health and spirits, and although he made a journey to Durham and afterwards into Cornwall, where he presided for the last time at the anniversary of the Royal Geological Society of Cornwall, of which he had been president since its institution in 1814, he was evidently unequal to the exertions he was making. His last visit was to Oxford, which university had some years before conferred on him the title of Doctor of Civil Laws. From that period he never went into public, but, bidding farewell to London, retired to his house at Eastbourne on the 7th of November, 1839, where he died on the 24th of the following December. His body was borne to the grave by his own laborers, and followed by his widow and family, which consisted of one son, the present J.D. Gilbert, Fellow of the Royal Society, and two daughters. Weld's History of the Royal Society with Memoirs of the Presidents, London, 1848. End of chapter 20. Recorded by Mike Wong.